You can pray until you faint. But if you don't get up and try to do something, God is not going to put it in your lap. And it's no need of running and no need of saying, Honey, I'm not going to get in the mess. Black Power Talks. I'm Dr. Matsumela Odom. And I'm Dexter Mlemwingu. Uhuru means freedom in Swahili, and freedom is on our minds 24-7. Before we kick off today's show, we would like to introduce you all to the newest member of the Black Power Talks team, Soliana Bikel. Uhuru Conrad, what's up with you? Uhuru, thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored and excited to be part of the Black Power Talks team. Uhuru. Oh, oh, so Liana, so that's all you're going to say? <laughs> right, right. I mean, if you're so honored, I mean, I want to hear some more about this honor. Well, thank you much, please. Push <laughs> 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 <Pushing. laughs> Well, you know, we had you on here for an episode. We figured we'd bring you right back on here, you know, right. on a full-time basis to right. join yeah. the team. For sure. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I have nothing to say. I'm sorry. So, Uhuru, today on Black Power Talks, we uplift African Liberation Day. African Liberation Day is May 25th. 2022 marks the 50th anniversary of the first African Liberation Day mobilizations in the United States. May 25th also marks the 50th anniversary of the African People's Socialist Party. May 25th historically marks the May 25th 1963 founding of the Organization of African Unity, OAU, in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. As African internationalists, we know that Africa is not free and that the Organization of African Unity, now rebranded the African Union, AU, served the colonial and neocolonialist interests of legitimizing the colonial borders in Africa. These borders were forced upon African people through centuries of colonial assault that produced the wealth of the white world at the expense of the African world, the colonial mode of production. African internationalists observe African Liberation Day as a part of our quest for true African liberation, the way Marcus Garvey, Kwame Nkrumah, Patrice Lumumba, and others envisioned it, a united socialist Africa governed by the African working class. On this episode of Black Power Talks, we have a special treat for you all. Digging in the archives, we came across a real gem, a recording of Chairman Amali Chatella's 1973 African Liberation Day address in Gainesville, Florida. This was the very first African Liberation Day organized by the African People's Socialist Party. Chairman Amali Chatella was a member of the National African Liberation Day Steering Committee and helped lead the African Liberation Day mobilizations throughout the United States in the early and mid-70s. As this recording displays, from the inception of the African People's Socialist Party, African internationals have taken a different perspective of African Liberation Day than other organizations you might have encountered. ALD is a moment to reflect on our tactical and strategical work of winning African liberation. Before we revisit this historic recording, we'd like to read the African People's Socialist Party's African Liberation Day call. The year 2022 marks the 50th anniversary of the first African Liberation Day, ALD, mobilization, which was held on May 27, 1972. 
ALD was originally organized in unity with the armed anti-colonial struggles for independence being waged for African liberation in Namibia, South Africa, Mozambique, Guinea-Bissau, and Angola. 50 years later, Africa is still not free. We continue to be ensnared by the colonial mode of production that came into existence through the savage European attack on Africa that stitched together a global economy for the first time in history. These atrocities rescued what is now Europe from a thousand years of impoverished and unfree existence under a feudal mode of production mired in ignorance and cruelty. The African People's Socialist Party also celebrated our 50th anniversary during the third plenary of our 7th Congress, held February 11th through 14th this year. A half century ago, our party was founded to overturn this oppressive colonial relationship that defines the reality of Africa and Africans globally. Enchained within illegitimate borders created by Europe to satisfy its vampiric economic appetite and forcibly dispersed from our motherland, Africa and Africans involuntarily became the source of the now existing global economy. This economy is characterized by the dialectic of predatory parasitism affixed to a fettered host, the dialectic of the colonizer and the colonized. This is the economic basis responsible for the subjective factor, the sense of white sameness, resting on the material economic foundation of a global economy, a relationship that together constitutes the required definition of nations. The theme of the African People's Socialist Party's third plenary reflects this history, the basis of the global conditions of our existence as Africans and the task ahead of Africa and Africans universally. Relentless. 50 years of leadership towards African redemption was the appropriate theme for our party's third plenary. It is also the appropriate theme for the African Liberation Day activities being organized by the African People's Socialist Party throughout the world. Our theme, Relentless, represents a refusal to accept the verdict of imperialism, of colonial capitalist rule that has condemned Africa and Africans to an eternity of national subjugation and humiliation facilitated by colonial borders in Africa, and our forced African dispersal throughout the world. Africans, a once free people existing within our own independent economies in Africa, have been transformed into commodities, first capital, and producers of capital, first workers, within a global social system defined by the relationship between capitalist production and producers resting on a foundation of slavery and colonial domination of peoples and territories. National liberation serves the purpose of freeing Africans from direct foreign domination. However, Direct foreign domination is not necessary for vicious, life-draining economic exploitation, either by foreign or domestic capital. National liberation, under the leadership of the African petty bourgeoisie, has left in place a system of exploitation. African toilers, producers, now continue to be exploited under the aegis of a domestic flag, maybe as in today's conquered Libya, a reactionary appropriation of our red, black, and green flag. To be victorious... Our revolution must take place under the leadership of the African working class. This is the role of the African People's Socialist Party, the advanced detachment and general staff of the African working class. Only the African working class, aligned with other toilers, especially the poor peasants, has a material interest in destroying the entire system of exploitation and all of its attendant structures, including the fabricated colonial borders that exploit Africa, but function as the incubators for the reproduction of the neo-colonial petty bourgeois class as a social force. Only the African working class is compelled to fight for the destruction of class society and the foreign and alien exploitation that produced it. Under the independent revolutionary leadership of the African working class, Organized under African internationalist principles, victory will mean the defeat of foreign imperialists and their domestic minions. It'll mean that the toilers, the workers, and poor peasants in particular will become the new temporary ruling class, the legitimate custodians of the means of production now owned and controlled by capitalists, mostly foreign. Liberation under the leadership of African internationalist informed workers organized in the African People's Socialist Party will mean the unification of Africa and Africans globally and the end of economic exploitation. And once the imperialist and African petty bourgeoisie neocolonialists have been crushed, the end of oral exploitation and the destruction of the colonial capitalist system.
This is the liberation fought for under the leadership of the Universal Negro Improvement Association, UNIA, and Marcus Garvey more than 100 years ago under the slogan, Africa for Africans at home and abroad. This is the African liberation sought by Kwame Nkrumah that the 1963 creation of the Organization of African Unity that codified the colonial borders within Africa was conceived to deny. The Organization of African Unity, founded in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, on May 25th, narcissistically declared its neo-colonialist birth date as African Liberation Day, thereby conferring legitimacy upon the colonial borders and continental-wide neo-colonial rule over Africa for the first time in history. The 1963 creation of the OAU was a high point of the global colonial war against Africa. It was a reactionary colonial war that attempted to quench the fires of liberation in Vietnam, all of Asia, South America, and much of Africa, as exemplified by the Mau Mau in Kenya, the National Liberation Front in Algeria, and the Union of People of Cameroon. These were cascading struggles that constituted existential challenges to the colonial mode of production. They offer some context for the attack on Nkrumah's efforts to unite a borderless Africa that fed the anxiety of the white colonial rulers who had already murdered Patrice Lumumba in Congo and Didan Kamathi in Kenya, as well as neutralized Robert Sabukwe and the Pan-Africanist Congress of Azania. Malcolm X and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., a guest of Kwame Nkrumah, an attendee of independent ceremonies in Accra, Ghana in 1957, were to be the victims of colonial assassination within this general time frame, along with several others, especially members of the Black Panther Party in the U.S. The liberation of Africa and Africans has not yet occurred. This is not yet Uhuru. Nor will the name change to African Union suffice to obscure the infamy of the Organization of African Unity as a superstructure of the colonial mode of production enveloping Africa and the world. This is a call by the African People's Socialist Party to Africans of the world to join with us in the mission established by our 1972 founding to complete the Black Revolution of the 60s. The history of the African Revolution of the last 50 years is concentrated in our party. Malcolm X, Patrice Lumumba, Robert Sabukwe, Kwame Nkrumah, and the great Marcus Garvey all live in the 50 years of continued work for total liberation and unification of Africa and the dispersed African nation by our party. This is a call that is extended to all Africans in Africa and abroad, to every region of the world to which our nation has been forcibly dispersed. Join with us throughout the U.S., in the southern, midwestern, northern, and western regions of St. Petersburg, Florida, St. Louis, Missouri, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Oakland, California, respectively. In the Caribbean region, we will be mobilizing in Jamaica and in Europe. We will congregate in London, England, and Paris, France. The party's African Liberation Day organizing work for continental Africa is centered in Johannesburg, South Africa. We are organizing for African Liberation Day in every region in Africa from our Johannesburg headquarters. The African People's Socialist Party has been custodian of the African Revolution. The African Revolution is not to be confused with the purely localized pan-Africanist struggles that accept the limitations placed on our struggles by artificial borders and false national consciousness. We are African internationalists. The African People's Socialist Party recognizes that liberation and unification of Africa and Africans can only happen under the leadership of the advanced detachment the vanguard of the African working class and nation, those of us who have no material interest in preserving the colonial mode of production upon which all capitalist activity relies for its existence. Our call to organize African Liberation Day activities in every region of the African world is a call by the African People's Socialist Party to complete the Black Revolution of the 60s and reverse the verdict of imperialism requiring infinite rape, pillage, and humiliation of Africans and our Africa. This is also a call in preparation for the African People's Socialist Party's 8th Congress in October 2023, the first ever on the African continent, marking the final offensive of African liberation and unification at home and abroad. This is a call to Africans of the world to participate in the African Liberation Day activities sponsored by the African People's Socialist Party in every region of the world, to attend in person where possible and through social media where necessary. Today we see more and more evidence of what the chairman of our party calls the crisis of imperialism. 
The white ruling class and the neocolonial puppets can no longer rule in the same old way. Throughout the world, African workers have taken to the streets to demand that governments address their basic needs and concerns. Small reform and consensus no longer satisfy the appetite of the suffering African masses. We are at a time in history when the desire for total liberation for African people conflicts with white colonial capitalist domination over Africans and other colonized peoples of the world. Under the leadership of Chairman Amalia Chatella, our party has taken up the responsibility to win Africans to organization as we prepare to govern. The task of building an African worker state requires it, which the chairman writes, can only come into existence by the workers destroying the colonial base of capitalist production, replacing the oppressive state of the colonial capitalists, and transforming surplus value into social wealth to provide for the well-being of society. The party has already begun the work to build the infrastructure for self-government through the creation of its regional committees in Africa, the Caribbean, the U.S., and Europe. Forward to African Liberation Day 2022. You are listening to Black Power Talks, produced by WBPU, Black Power 96.3 FM, in St. Petersburg, Florida. Today, we are discussing the 50th anniversary of African Liberation Day in the U.S. Now, as we promised... We present to you this historic 1973 African Liberation Day speech delivered by Chairman Amalia Chatella, then known as Joe Waller to many. This speech was delivered in Gainesville, Florida. Gainesville was the home of the Black Study Group, including the Hunter Militant Organizations, JOMO, headquartered in St. Petersburg, and the Black Rights Fighters of Fort Myers. The Black Study Group was one of the three organizations that came together to form the African People's Socialist Party the year before. And I also wanted to add that I think this uh, it's really important that we, we emphasize just the context in, in which this speech was given. I mean, this is 1973, so we're talking about just, you know, the immediate aftermath of, of the counterinsurgency that, that defeated the Black Revolution of the 60s. You know, we're talking about the assassination and, and jailing and, and exile of so many of our leaders and Thai organizations were destroyed. And... You know, this is at a period of time where the revolutionary trajectory that our people were on internationally was really, um, it was really, really brought to a halt. And this first African Liberation Day that was hosted by the party was really a declaration that the African People's Social Party was taking on this mantle and was really bringing this struggle like back from its defeat, bringing it to a, a new era. So I think it was a really powerful presentation and, and Black Power Talks is really Really excited to present this to you all today, so let's hear the speech. The following presentation was made by African People's Socialist Party Chairman O'Malley Ishatella at the 1973 African Liberations Day in Gainesville, Florida. At that time, Chairman O'Malley was one of the leaders of the National African Liberation Day Coordinating Committee. That committee was responsible for organizing the first ALD in the country one year prior in 1972. The 1973 Gainesville ALD was sponsored by the African People's Socialist Party, and Chairman O'Malley's keynote speech lays the basis for the development of African internationalism within the Black Liberation Movement. Chairman O'Malley. I know that it's been difficult because our enemies have made it very difficult to get here. They've attempted to sabotage every effort that we made to come here on this day. That, however, to us should simply be an indication that we are on the right track. We only found out today that you and people throughout the state didn't get the last letter that we sent out more than a week ago, giving the route, giving phone numbers where you could contact people once you got into town, giving the place where the information center was set up on University Avenue. The reason you didn't get that information, although it was mailed more than a week ago, and although we had to pay to get it mailed, is because Europeans in this country are united solidly with Europeans throughout this world in their efforts to maintain the suppression and oppression of African people throughout this world. That's why you didn't get that mail. It is important for us to understand that that mail did not simply happen not to go out. That mail did not go out because our enemies and our oppressors are united to the degree that Gulf understands, Portugal understands, how the illegal terrorist government 
of South Africa and Rhodesia understand that black people coming from throughout the state, from the various localities throughout the state, the Gainesville, Florida is the beginning of the end of an illegitimate and terrorist reign over black people. We have to be able to put our own activities in a correct perspective. We have to be able to understand that while at this juncture in our history and this country, that while we are simply marching down University Avenue, and while we are simply having a demonstration, that it is not so simple after all. That this is simply the beginning. That on this day, while we march down the street in University Avenue in Gainesville, Florida, with posters, that while we do this on this day, on the next day, as a result of the consciousness that we will have raised as a result of our doing this, on the next day, as a result of the international lookup that we will make with our brothers and sisters throughout this world, that while we march down the street in Gainesville with posters on this day, on the next day, we will march with something else that will be a mighty It's important for us to understand this. Recently, 
They showed us on television pictures of a bunch of gangsters who were lucky enough to come back to this country after they had been caught dropping napalm bombs on people. They showed us these gangsters who were kissing the earth. They're talking about God bless America, Mr. Nixon, and Billy Graham in that order. <laughs> they talked about, they talked to us about the cruelty, the cruel treatment that they got while they were caught killing innocent people. And they told us how sorry we should be for them. They told us how sorry we should be for them. Then they talk about the cruel treatment they got. They say, well, they didn't beat us up too much. They made us get down on our knees. Ain't that something? That's the problem. That's the problem. They were made to get down on their knees. And this country, this racist, imperialist country, is responsible for more non-white people being on their knees than the history of mankind has ever seen. They are lucky that they came back. They couldn't have dropped no bombs in Harlem and fell out of the sky and left them. They couldn't have dropped no bombs They couldn't have dropped no bombs in the black colony of Batesville and missed around and fallen down and got caught and walked away. They couldn't have done that. They lucky. It's just the, the, the fantastic integrity of the Vietnamese people that never walk away. They need to be told something about a prisoner of war. That's what they need to be told. They need to be told what a prisoner of war is. They need to go back and look at the film, look at the pictures, read the newspaper accounts of Chairman Bobby Seale of the Black Panther Party as he was drowning in gas in the world in this country, in this country, in this country. Somebody needs to tell them what a, black, what a prisoner of war is. Somebody really needs to tell them what a prisoner of war is. Them white boys ain't good. While they were in Vietnam, they ain't as good as the Vietnamese people ain't. Somebody needs to tell them what a prisoner of war is. Somebody needs to take them through a guided tour of every colony in this country where black people live and let them see the wet and rough infested conditions that we live in. They need to understand what a prisoner of war is. Somebody needs to tell and all African people are at war. And it is important for us to understand this more than simply rhetorically. We ain't talking about how we cousins is the same you. We're not talking about how we culturally linked to any kind of fantastic gibberish such as this. We are saying that the contradictions that black people in this country are faced with have their origins, have their beginning in the first instance that a European or white businessman put his foot on the continent of Africa and made an African person do something against his or her will. That's where all the contradictions began. That's where all the contradictions began. I'm not talking about no Afro-Americans. I don't even know what that is. That's a contradiction in general. African and American at the same time. That's what the youngsters call the Oreo. <laughs> You're going to be African on the outside and American on the inside. No, that's a contradiction in color. What I'm saying is, if we were black people, if we were Africans, when we put our foot on that slave ship on the continent of Africa in 1619, when we got off that ship in Jamestown, Virginia, we were still in Africa. We were still in Africa. And it's necessary for us to understand that. Because they run us through a whole lot of games. The fact that they run these games on us has made it more difficult for us to get involved in our struggle to take care of our problems. They did a fantastic job, too. 
Wiggles job was done in 1884. And Europeans got together after they had been in Africa. They'd driven off all they could, they got together. They had to get together. There's so much wealth in Africa. There's so much mineral wealth in Africa. These Africans start fighting each other about this money. They start fighting each other about this land because Africa's so large that this country can fit into it five times more. Oh. 
God is. Now you are seeing. You don't believe that. This country ain't got nothing. They got a little bit of oil and coal left. But this country ain't got nothing. That's why you see that funny looking bee walking at you on that TV screen. Come out. Please don't stop. Don't worry, Scott. This country ain't got nothing. And it's necessary for that funny looking bee to come out there and say that because timber is one of the signs of the natural resources in the country. And this country has no timber. And things are so bad to the extent that if you go out there and lay a mat in them bushes, well, that bear will hook you to death and bury you with that shovel. So then, if you're talking about making a revolutionary struggle, and if making a revolutionary struggle is for land, and if this country ain't got no, this land don't have no value, then automatically you're in the wrong place when you're talking about liberating this country for whoever you're going to liberate it for. But this country can boast of being the richest country in the world. What that simply means, translated, is that they're the biggest thieves in the world. Oh. <laughs> All you have to do to understand that is look at the source of their wealth. When you look at the source of their wealth, you see that the reason white folks in this country can sit down and drink instant folders freeze dry at 69 cents a job is because they got African people working for slaves wages in Brazil. That's how they can do it. You look around you and you see that the reason that women can sell you that 10 cents bar, the reason that Europeans in this country can have a baby room and extractors is because they're working African people in West Africa for slave wages to pick those cocoa beans. This country has no wealth. You talk about the wealth of this country, those diamond bracelets and necklaces that Europeans wear in this country were brought up from the mountains of Southern Africa where our people are forced to live to bring up that stuff for Europeans and slave wages. As slave wages. Black people in Brazil don't drink those holes at all. What you and I have to understand is this stuff that we have made today is the beginning of the end of all of that. Because we got a couple of things happening here with us at the same time. On the one hand, we condemn without reservation the involvement of this fascist, racist country in Southern Africa and for what they are doing to our people. On the other hand, we're going to make every effort that we can to support that struggle that's going on there. So that on one day, when black people go back to the continent and don't get scared because we don't have a canoe sale going on outside for you to try to make it, when black people recapture the wealth, our birthright from Africa on the continent, when the black people of Ghana, they give them a cocoa back. When the black people of Brazil, Brazil they give them a coffee back. And you and I are going to be walking in Panther Pride and AMP saying the same thing, knocking them off themselves because they belong to us. They belong to us. But it's not enough to talk about it. We're going to have a whole bunch of demonstrations about it. That's not enough. But we must also begin to understand that it is necessary for us to step. Because if you don't study, then you think there actually is a place called Rhodesia. You don't understand that it's a typical trick used by European racist, fascist, bad-smelling, no-good, dirty animals. You don't understand that. If you don't understand, you don't study. But once you begin to study, you know what the trick is. You see that what they did was send a sickly, old poor white boy from England called Cecil Rose. They sent him in there with some guns. They sent him in there with some preparation. And he took over the land with guns and terror. Changed the name from Zimbabwe. Called it Rhodesia. Then call all the white folks who were living there Rhodesians to make it look like they belong there.
to make it look like they belong there. What they are trying to do is mess with history. Mess with history. That's why it's necessary for you and I to study. It's necessary for you and I to study. We must study. Beyond that, study and make an analysis of what our problems are. We got to organize. We got to organize. When I say organized now, I don't simply mean the ability to go into a community and get a whole bunch of folks together and march down the street. I mean more than that. I mean playing together compact political units that has a theory, that has an ideology, and that puts together the kind of practice that can make the theory a living entity. And of course, all that theory should be geared toward the liberation of all African people. The liberation of all African people. There is no peace, brothers and sisters. I think you and I know that more than anybody in this world. I think you and I know that. I think you and I understand that when gold oil can go to the continent of Africa, rip off, use the resources of the Portuguese factors who in turn use the resources of our very NATO allies, primary United States of America to keep us exploited. I think if we understand that, then we need to understand that growth all in this country, where you and I have access to it, needs to take on a different needs to take on an entirely different And we can do that in a lot of different ways. The way that we are suggesting right now is that black people don't buy their property. Some other folks might have better suggestions. Some other folks might have better suggestions. We are suggesting that black folks Understand that we don't buy no more guns. We don't buy no more guns. We ain't paying no attention to, the, to that degree. Need to organize political units. Need to get involved in the Gulf War talk. And of course, there are going to be some other things that we're going to be doing. I want to mention to you briefly one other thing. That's about the struggle that's going on in Zimbabwe in particular. Perhaps there's a lesson in it for us. And the brothers and sisters first began to move with the gun in Zimbabwe. The European terrorists, the Rhodes, were so upset by that movement and by the way that gun, the movement with the gun was mobilizing our people, that they went into all throughout the community where black people were living, using terror, using mass terror, using mass arrest, using murder and brutality. They terrorized those communities to such an extent that it was a crime for black people to even be seen talking to, to each other and where white folks couldn't hear. Black folks began to disappear from the streets, thrown in jail. So finally what they decided to have to do was develop a new strategy, a new tactic. So they said, wait a minute, let's stop. What we've got to do is to organize ourselves together as a tighter group is to advance our own political understanding of what the situation is. And we're going to go back to Zimbabwe and we ain't going to fight one until we won the minds of our people. And that's what they did. For two years, they went underground. I was talking with a brother who was directly the Secretary of Political Affairs of Azatu, the Zimbabwe African National Union. He said when they went underground, the Rhodesians celebrated. That it's all over. We beat them. They're gone. For two years, they did not fire a shot. And at the end of those two years, they went to war with their oppressor. Scared the white folks to death. White folks said it must be coming across the Zambian border. Then all the soldiers over to the Zambian border and block it. And they did. It kept shooting and cutting white folks. White folks said it must be coming from the Mozambique border. They sent everybody over the Mozambique border and block it. And they did. Capturing and blowing up and cutting white folks. White folks said, no, do you think they've been here all this time? Do you think they've been here among us all this time? They tried the terror method. They went back to the community with terror. Why didn't they Why they were randomizing the people? Why they were politicizing the people? They weren't just giving them fear, they were giving them some prices too. Because now that defensive village wasn't quite so defensive. That farmer who used to simply understand how the power feels could also feel strip and fire a submachine gun. It was a different story. 
It was a different story. It was a good organization that was doing this now. Things had changed slightly. Things had changed. They tried to carry it. They tried the same old trick. They didn't get one single bit of information. Nobody told them nothing. Right. One of the white farmers tried to be brave. Made a statement to the press. Said, oh, those gorillas are just like pinprick in our side. They're nothing. That's what he said. The next day, a hanging man was thrown into his window. Now his wife is pinprick against the wall. Pinprick against the wall. And he hasn't been out of the hospital yet. You can't make a white farmer make a statement like that no more. You can't put a gun up to his head and say, say something bad about the gorillas. They ain't talking. They ain't talking. They ain't talking. Because it's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. Of course, the difference is they understood the importance of organizing themselves into a better group, of advancing their own political knowledge, and then spreading it out among our people. I'm suggesting that there may be a lesson in that for you and I. There may be a lesson in that. That perhaps, while we need to have a demonstration such as this demonstration, perhaps what we need to also be doing is understanding what our struggle is about. Is putting together a collective of people who are going to study and form tightly knit, well-disciplined organizations that can do things. Not make speeches that can do things, that can do things. And when we reach that level of political development, we want not to boycott God to close it down. We want not to boycott God to close it down. There is no peace. Africa is at war. You and I are a part of Africa. We are at war. When they drop a bomb from Zimbabwe, they have dropped the bomb on our people, on our people. I would like again to thank everybody for coming here. I'd like to say, Mujana Uhuru, that's backwards from what Brother Mabur from Zimbabwe said. He said, Uhuru now Mujana. Uhuru now Mujana means freedom and unity. Mujana Uhuru means unity and freedom. But I got a hunch. And it's going to take a little bit of unity among us before freedom or the potential for freedom becomes a, a reality. Thank you. This was a Burning Spear audio production. That was Chairman Omalia Shetela's 1973 African Liberation Day speech. The introduction to the recording was delivered by Biko Lumumba, a fallen African patriot and former chair of the African People's Socialist Party in Oakland, California. African Liberation Day is also a time for us to acknowledge and remember the African martyrs and African patriots who have fallen and left us. We would now like to end our episode by saluting some of those fallen African patriots and African martyrs. Nat Turner, Queen Nanny, Marcus Garvey, Steve Biko, Patrice Lumumba, Walter Rodney, Malcolm X, Maurice Bishop, Nahanda Nyaksinkana, Fred Hampton and Mark Clark, Thomas Ankara, Amilcar Cabral, Lawrence Mann, co-founder of the African People's Socialist Party, Katua Carey, co-founder of the African People's Socialist Party, you have been listening to Black Power Talks, produced by WBPU and Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Today, we discuss the 50th anniversary of African Liberation Day in the U.S. For more information on African Liberation Day activities taking place around the African world, visit ALDUhuru.org. That's ALDUhuru.org. Our theme song, Get Up and Do Something, was written and performed by Aliki Ngoma. Shout out to the Black Power Talks production, research, and promotions team, including Jaja Robinson, Empress Livewire, and Ahipsa Panda. Uhuru. You can pray until you faint, but if you don't get up and try to do something, God is not going to put it in your lap. And it's no need of running.